0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. How are you doing? How's your team doing? You know, whether you are managing a team of employees, a team of 1099s, independent contractors, or a project team of consultants and contractors and clients As a small firm architect, we are all managing teams. And when we are forced to change the way that we typically work, often our teams, they're challenged and they're stressed. Strong, healthy teams will make it through this crisis. For this episode and next episode, I've invited my friend Jane Walton to join me here at the Entree Architect podcast. She's an expert on teams, how they work, how they think, and how they thrive. My name is Mark R. LePage and you are listening to Entree Architect Podcast where each and every week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise all to help you build a better business. As a small firm entrepreneur architect, this is episode 319, Unleashing the Collective Power of Your Team, part one. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software that makes running your small firm easy, fast, and secure. Spend less time on accounting and more time doing the work you love. And our friends at ArcHat, the online resource delivering quality building material information, CAD details, BIM specifications, and so much more for free at archat.com. Jane Walton, welcome back to Entree Architect Podcast.
1: Always wonderful to be with you, Mark. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's great to have you here. You've been here a couple of times back in really early. Episode 88, you were here in the original 100. Um, We're in the 320s now. Um, And so you're at episode 88, How to Avoid Burnout, which was a super interesting conversation that's still relevant today, maybe even more than ever. Um, Episode 206, organize your business using six proven principles of design. So basically how to use your skills that we already have as architects and designers to develop a powerful plan for your business. That was also super valuable. Um, Today, we want to talk about teams. Um, But before we get into that, I want to share a little bit about you and who you are for people who May not know who you are. Jane Walton leads a leadership and organization development firm focused on teaching leaders and teams how to unleash their collective power through effective planning, collaboration, and execution. She approaches organizational issues with the understanding that when people work effectively together, the personal and business payoff is substantial. So we shared a little bit about you. You're a consultant, you work with teams, work with companies to sort of uh, help them run better businesses. Uh, before we dive into the idea of unleashing the collective power of, of teams, um, I want to go, you shared your origin story in the past, but I'd love to share it again. You have a great story. Um, if you could just go back to where you discovered your passion for what you do today and share that story to where you find yourself today, your origin story.
1: Thank you. I love that idea of an origin story. And I will tell you, um, unlike many architects, uh, really all of the architects I work with, I completely fell into my career. I mean, there was no plan, there was no idea getting out of school and probably even into my 30s. So um, those folks who know and, and and know what they wanna do and are clear on their passion, I and my father was one of those, he was an architect. Um, I have a lot of respect for you, but for me, it was bumbling and stumbling and who opened a door for me and doors that were shut. And um, so where I really started finding my groove was being a manager and I really liked managing people. And I always had they you know teams always surprise me and individuals always surprise me you know as a leader a lot of times we kind of stumble and bumble through that leadership piece but i have two things in particular that are that really bring to kind of the message that we have today i had one person i managed who was very very quiet and, um, this could be a longer origin story than I've done in the past, but, um, That's okay. We but, love it. <laughs>
0: who,
1: so we're, were you
0: working, were you working for a, a company? What, what, yeah, I
1: was working for a financial institution. I have no financial, not a financial bone in my body. Um, but again, fell into it and was working with, um, a team who processed his work. And I remember, um, uh, we, we had, uh, scheduled regular scheduled one-on-one so you meet one-on-one with each of your team members for each month and so I was new to this department I was getting ready to meet with someone and talking to two other leaders and I said oh I gotta go I gotta meet Joe I'll call him Joe for a one-on-one they said oh Joe that'll be five minutes Joe hates one-on-ones you know um so I thought no I'm going to be meeting with Joe longer than that I really like Joe Joe was a hard worker came in got to work he was very adept in what he did people who had questions he quietly helped them fix things and and work on things and you know by the time I left there I think we had gotten our one-on ones up to about 40 minutes um, but Joe wasn't the one that stopped by your door and told you know talked about the football game or what his kids and he got to work and he was a wonderful man very introverted I will say that but I remember when I left that, um, department, I got an email from him and he said, I'm sorry to hear that you're leaving. I'm going to get choked up, especially today with all these emotions that are out there. But he said, uh, no one ever spent the time with me that you did. Hmm. And then I had another situation as a leader where, um, you know, we, I had a team of people and we were going to, uh, a newly formed team. We were going to support a part of the organization that was known as just the roughest group to work with just high stress, high uh, demands and pulled a small team together. And we did a lot of work before we were getting this building set up for this group and talked about, you know, here's why they're tough. And here's what we can do. You know, there, you know, one slip up can cost the company tens of millions of dollars. So what can we do? We learned about customer service. We read about stuff. Anyway, some wonderful stuff happened with that team. To the point that when this tough group moved in, I got an email with the first week going, what is up with this group? This is amazing. And they would normally be sort of this invisible support group to them, but they become an integral part of their, their group. But I remember this one guy, and he was kind of quiet too, and he was a little older than the others. And he really took this idea very seriously. He did some phenomenal stuff, introverted guy, but he learned everyone's names before they moved in. So he knew he could address them and, and his customer service was just amazing. And this group had never learned customer service. That's not, it was not something um, that normally happened, but we, we we studied other companies and what they did and how could that translate. But I remember leaving there and got an email. Again, you don't know as a leader, the impact. And I got an email from him and he said, if we had more leaders like you, we could change the world. Hmm. And again, I get choked up, but... Part of this is leaders, you don't know how you are or aren't impacting people. And so I think with this unleashing the power of the group, you are impacting every single individual in that group. And how you're impacting those folks then really determines what that group looks like and feels like. So when I put a book together a few years ago on um, uh, a balanced organization, and I looked at a natural ecosystem, the ocean, and the workplace, and how those are similar. So, anyway, interesting kind of uh, paradigm. And so, I have this great little book, lots of graphics, and its architects love it and designers love it because it's very creative.
0: What's it? What's but it called?
1: What's it's it? called "Why Are the Jellyfish Taking Over?" And um, we can do another podcast on that one. <laughs> but um, it's the idea of where imbalance happens in, in an organization that sort of starts to look like dysfunction, not functioning well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so I have the book, and here's what groups need. So uh, direction, where's the company going? Where's the industry going? Information, um, uh, how are we doing? What are we learning? What are competitors doing? Um, Support, uh, where do I need help right now? Um, Does one group need help more than the other? How can I move people around? Do they need technology? Do they need whatever? and then um, a chance to be heard, which is that idea that, um, you know, really meeting and and connecting with folks. And when I would present it to leaders, they say, oh, we do all that. We do that. Yeah. But when I talk to their teams, they say they don't do that. So the whole idea of this unleashing the collective power of your team is to really dig in. So leaders understand what people need and um, And we understand that by under, you know learning about human behavior a little bit, so that's the first part, certainly for today is just how are we wired um, and and how that shows up in the workplace, how we're wired uh, mentally and physically
0: yeah, and and just to, to sort of give a little bit of context to our conversation here, we're recording this early April two thousand twenty mm-hmm. uh, we're We're in the third week of Stay at home. You know, I guess, guess that's what we're calling it. You know, everybody was sent home because of the COVID uh, coronavirus, COVID-19. A lot of disruption in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of disruption in our companies and our, in our firms. There's a lot of disruption in the relationships that we all have with one another. Um, And this conversation, I think, is more relevant now than it's ever been because when we're face-to-face with people and our teams, it's almost easy. You know, We used to think it's difficult, but now we're all distributed. We're all at home, and we're still communicating with each other on video and, and, and uh, Skype and all the different tools we have, and we're starting to figure it all out. Um, but the relationships are still there, and the teams still need to function properly. Um, and so this conversation of, of how do we lead, how do we lead to make sure that our team is not only functioning properly, but now, are they okay? Are they emotionally okay? Do they have things going on in their life that we don't know about that are, that's affecting them personally, which will directly affect their business? We need fully functioning teams, fully functioning businesses in order to get through this crisis to get to the other side. When we get to the other side, it's going to be great. It's going, it's going to be better than it's ever been. It will be, trust me, it will be okay. We'll all get through this, but we need to get through this in a, in a, in a way that our teams are functioning. um, And that we, at the other end, we're better than we were when we started. Um, And so how do we, how do we start this conversation, Jane? Where do we start? Um, You know, because before, the COVID crisis, things were one way. Today, they're very different today and they will be different from this point forward um, because everything will change. It will never go back to the way it was. Things will be different. Um, And so so how should people sort of, let? and I'm going to let you sort of start it off. Do we start with talking to the leaders or do we start talking to the teams?
1: yeah i i think first of all leaders in in this situation and in, in any situation you know you, you and i were talking as we were setting this up is i you know here's what I, here's how we i would present this in good times right. how will i present this in bad times and um so i think it's in both cases it starts with the leaders because the leaders really need to have their act together they really need to be thinking full circle on some of this stuff. So I know they're talking to clients. I know they're looking at projects. I know they're looking at the health and well-being of their firm, but they also need to look at their interaction with folks that are working for them. And that's whether that's 1099 folks or, you know, subs or, or your team. Um, but I think it starts with them because you really need to think through this piece of it. You know, part of this, uh, the the work I've done on unleashing the collective power is understanding group dynamics. So, for example, um, feeling the feeling of being excluded provokes the same sort of reaction in the brain as physical pain causes, and that's why we're feeling some of these things right now. And I'm certainly not a you know that that's a quote I read from, I'm not a neuroscience, but I read a lot about um, the Neuroleadership Institute does some really interesting stuff on the workplace. So we're wired to be part of a social system. I think what hit me when you were talking is there are some people that are really struggling Mm -hmm. to be able to focus on work because they've got kids at home that are now trying to do the studies. They have... um, uh, or little kids that don't even have studies to do, you know, they're bringing dogs home. So the kids will have something. They've got that home. They have this, you know, I, I think there's probably some folks not only scared about work, but scared about how they're contributing to the team. So I think part of it is to understand what you can do, you know, as a leader to support individuals because, you know, I'm alone, I'm home alone. Give me all the work you want to give me. I, I, that makes it better for me and I can focus. So if I can take off work from one person's shoulders that they don't feel guilty about that being done and you need to do that, but it's better for me and it's better for them. So I think part of this, you know, as we're, as we're reaching out and looking to folks is what might people be going through? And depending on the relationship you have in, with, your, with individuals, depending on the history they've had working with leaders and companies, the ability to be vulnerable in this situation, um, you you can't expect everyone to be completely open about stuff right now because it may not feel safe for them. But I think you can bring up stuff like, if we have people who have more on their plate at home than others, Mm -hmm. how can we as a group and talk about in sort of general terms And start opening that, cracking that egg open a little bit. Because just going and, you know, people aren't gonna, people are feeling very guilty if they don't have the time and energy on this that they, and they're scared. But, you know, talking about some of the obvious things that might be happening and just starting that to say, here's some stuff I'd like for us to think about in the weeks and months ahead. So I think a leader needs to anticipate. And again, quite frankly, depending on the level of trust you have and and, and mental safety with folks, you may or may not be able to, uh, you may not get a lot of the response that maybe that you're looking for, but I mean, initially, but for people to know it's on your radar, you're concerned, we can work through this, that starts to open the, the floodgates a little bit too getting through this and talking about
0: it. Yeah, you 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 started off by saying exclusion equals pain. Yeah. That when you feel excluded that it's the same feelings in your brain as pain. It's the same mm-hmm. response to your brain as pain. Um and when you're in a workplace, you know, you can feel excluded and you know that's that becomes an issue. Um mm-hmm. but when you're distributed and you don't see your team, that could be compounded with this this new remote working that we're doing. Um, is it something that you feel is important that leaders are checking in with each individual member of their team, especially at this moment in time, to make sure for, for one, are they okay, right? And so, because you can't see them, they're not coming to work every day, you need to make sure that, yeah, you might meet them on a video call or you might be Skyping with them or you might be slacking with them. Um, But are you having that one-on-one conversation with them where they would have the ability to let you know of those things that are happening in your life?
1: Yeah, I think two things. One is, uh, as you were talking through that, they need to know what this format of communication is going to look like going Mm -hmm. forward. Because being excluded can be as simple as you reach out to another person and they said, I just talked to the boss. And he said this and they said, well, I didn't know that he didn't didn't talk to me about it. So that can, that triggers, I mean, physically that goes right in the part of the brain where physical pain. So you need to think through and people need to know we're going to have a call every, you know, I don't know how often it depends on how much things are changing, but certainly once a week, if not twice or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or if it gets really bad every day, but to say, we're going to have calls and here's what we're going to talk through. And then I'm going to have a follow-up talk with one-on-one to check in and then as I check in as Topics and things arise from that. I'm going to put that in the all call and we can all discuss it So people just know hey Someone's got this under control. Yeah, someone's got this organized that alone, uh, and that's that creates a level of certainty, and that's what we we crave is certainty, and that's a, a level of certainty that they can have. If you have what I've seen, I have a client right now, and they go, "Yeah, we did a call last week with all of it. everyone; it was great." And it's like, okay, that's good, but when's the next one? And were there questions that came up, and when are you going to get answers to them? You've got to have a rhythm of communication during all of this, more so than ever. And and the great news is you know, it's, it's something you can use going forward. So right. let's get it organized now. Right.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, so setting up this framework, yes. if you, if you, if you set up a, a, and it doesn't have to be complicated, a simple framework that everybody can understand that mm-hmm. we're going to have a meeting at, you know, this many times a week at this mm-hmm. day on this time is everybody, it's on everybody's calendar. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that, that leaders are meeting with each individual members. And that is, Also clearly communicated that I am going to meet with each one of you individually Mm -hmm. Um, and then i'll take the information from those and that'll be part of our conversation during during the call Um, Any other sort of framework? Well,
1: what I would add to that is Um, when we're on our group call here are the categories of things we're going to talk about
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah,
1: and then one-on-one here's what i'd like you don't want to people like to plan and prepare so, um To to be able to say here's what I here's a couple of things I want to talk about and it's pushing information and pulling information So i'm going to give you information that I know of everything at this, you know This time and what we're thinking and then here's what i've heard and questions i've had and here's the answers to those
0: Yeah, but but
1: get that get that framework in place
0: Yeah, I think the framework is super important and and I think that that these this distributed team also could lend itself to rumors and yes. false, false information being distributed. And so do you have any sort of suggestion? And that may be part of the same process as, of making sure everybody knows what's, what's real and what's not real and, and manage some of those expectations.
1: Yeah, I think it's saying this is new, we're going to trip up through this. So if I do something and I forgot to do something, let me know, I anticipate that. Um, and it's going to take a few few weeks to get this humming the way we want so know that we're going to step on toes we're going to do stuff but here's we want to know when we're stepping on toes we want to know when something wasn't really answered to get this clear because we're all flustered right now we all have a lot on our minds so let's as a group kind of come you know my commitment to you as a leader what i would say i'd really start off with that and But my commitment to you is here's what I want from this. You know, here's my intention of these communications. And you really need to sit and think about that. Um, For instance, transparency is a word that's used a lot. Well, there's different levels of transparency. So what are you going to be transparent about? And what, you know, what are you uh, not going to, you know, um, are you going to talk to them about how much cash is in the bank? Is that something uh, versus... I'm going to let you know if things, you know, get to the point that we have to have layoffs. I'm going to give you this much lead time before I. <clears throat> that would be a more appropriate than here's how much cash I have in the bank. Um, but what can you kind of commit to them? So I think in in as you think through this communication, really think through what does that mean, um, and 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 you've got to have time as as owners to sit down and figure this out. I mean, we just got at the end of last week, what the Small Business Administration is going to do for you. And now we got to figure it out. And then we got to figure out how that adds into our, our bank account, right? You know, there, you've got a lot on your plate. And, and I know these are small firms, you know, is there someone in your group that can uh, manage this communication piece too, or help you think through it? But this is so essential. I can't even tell you. I mean, people, fear happens when kind of uncertainty comes up. When you look at uh, the threat response, so we're wired by threat reward. And when we're in the threat response, which I think a lot of us are, our working memory is decreased. We're not able to absorb new information as much. New ideas are struggle. Analytical thinking, problem solving. Um, Efficiency quality, you know those things start kind of falling down Um, at the same time Work is what is keeping people sane right now? You know if I have to sit here and just listen to the news and and what's going Juggling around in my mind work can really help with that Um, but so that's, that's the good part. But just know that threat response, we're not thinking real clear right now um, and, and understand that a little bit. So the more you can discre- decrease that threat response, have a plan of action. Here's how we're going to move forward as a group. Here's what my promise is to you. That will reduce, you know, reducing surprises, context around decisions, um, you know, creating as much certainty as you can in this very uncertain time is important.
0: Yeah, the the, the, the certainty... Being, being clear and being uh, certain will help us feel much better about moving forward. And, and our teams will, will uh, come together as well. We will return to our conversation after this quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. While COVID-19 is having an unprecedented impact on the economy, Companies like our platform sponsors are still building tools and still providing services to help support you, to help support your business and to help support your people through the ups and downs. So please take a few minutes to visit them and let them know that we appreciate their support here at Entrez Architect. This episode is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks and ArcCat. FreshBooks wants you to know You're not alone. FreshBooks has been supporting small businesses and solopreneurs, and specifically, they've been supporting us, the Entrez Architect community, for a very long time. They know what it's like. They know what it's like, how lonely it can be working from home. They know what it's like when times get tough. And they know that right now, as we all face this crisis together, as a global community, we all need to do our part. So FreshBooks is responding and offering an unprecedented offer. So when you join FreshBooks, the cloud-based accounting software today, you will receive 60% off for six months. Yes, that's right, 60% off for six months. Just visit entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks and enter Entree Architect, in the how did you hear about us section, and you'll get 60% off their regular price for six months. That's entrearchitect.com slash FreshBooks. Are you or your firm working remotely? Are the, the logistics of putting together a project daunting when no one else is in the same room? Well, RCAT has a solution for you. RCAT's Charette allows you to manage projects and specification documents online with multiple team members. Discuss products, configurations, outline specifications, project photos, and documents, and so much more, all on one page. Along with the ability to access product information, specifications, CAD, BIM, and the patented spec wizard from anywhere in the world, Charette can help your firm get more done, no matter where in the world you and the rest of your team might be. You can even promote your firm's project when you're all done. And like all of RCAT's solutions, it's free. It's completely free to use. So check it out right now at entrearchitect.com Slash projects. That's A R C A T dot com backslash projects. R C A T dot com slash projects. Fresh books and R C A T. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entree Architect community. And you are talking about um, creating uh, a safe place where everybody understands what's happening and and, and has the level of trust among not only the team, but between the leader and the team, that the team trusts the leader and the leader trusts the team. Um, so let's, let's assume that we've built this framework and we have this communication working well and things are starting to, because uh, this is what's going to happen, is that, that mm-hmm. we're going to get into this routine. We're going to get mm-hmm. through the bumps. We're going to learn from our mistakes and we're going to develop some new systems and new uh protocols that make this work and so let's assume we've done that and it's starting to work now we have this team um, and we want we and we're we've we've taken the stimulus package and we're and we're we're business is going to survive right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and there's new work out there and we're finding the new the new work now we have this team and we need to move forward how do we apply some of the information that you uh teach by sort of unleashing that collective power of this team that now is, is back and solid and everybody's working from the same page how do we start of take it to the next level
1: yeah uh, you know I, I, my my first response is keep doing what you're doing if you if we start creating this community here's the thing with this situation this can make you all so much stronger together or it can make you guys fall apart you know, the fall apart is I didn't hear, I didn't know, I heard this at the last minute, I didn't, you know, it'll fall apart. Mm -hmm. If this is organized well, and and keeps this going, it's keeping that momentum going and keeping these types of conversation, you don't stop conversations around how are we doing? Because as we know, in the A&E industry, and my origin story, I didn't talk about, but, you know, I ended up working with, teams of people and groups of people in an architecture firm, and then um, created my consulting. And so um, what I would say is keep this cadence of connection and communication. There's a term called social capital. Mm -hmm. You want to build this social capital during this time, and it's going to lead you forward. So for instance, it may not be COVID, but it may be two huge projects at one time that we're trying to get around and having created this social capital, this place where there's more candor than there ever has. And again, that's going to build over time. And I think this can really happen very strongly in this situation. It's keeping that going. So pulling people together to say, Hey, we're, we're hit hard here. We've got this going. What can we do again? First of all, if, if I have a decision, if you say, you know, here's the situation: of people are swamped here, or in the case here, that some people have a bunch of kids. And what can we do? If I volunteer to help and say I can take on more, I double my hours, I'm totally fine with that. There are endorphins that go like fireworks off in our body. If I'm told you need to go over there and help then that creates, again, a little bit Resistance. of a threat. It's like, you know, yeah. do, you, do you know what else I'm doing? I don't have kids, but I have this going on. So the more people can volunteer in these situations and continue that idea going forward, that how can we help each other? You know, I've had folks that I've coached that have been, you know, I think we talked about some of those in the burnout that felt very isolated and, and they were, you know, there's people that won't say no to, can you do this? But they want you to know they can't do that. They really don't have time, but they're not going to say no. If you create this social capital and this, this environment of candor, people are going to be jumping in and anticipating and you don't need someone leading as much as this team energy is going to start happening. So I think as you continue to go through this, how can you keep some of these things that are working really well? Alive and well in your organization. And I think that's having conversations with people around that
0: Yeah, you you see that happening on sports teams. You see that happening in the military You see that happening in first responders and the teams that work together That Mm -hmm. when there's crisis or when there's difficulties And the team solidifies and and there is a leader and then there is structure and then there is protocol And everybody knows what their role is and what they need to do for the team to get through this crisis. Um, When you get to the other side, that team is so much stronger than it was when it started. Um, Even though they've been through this very difficult process, um, the team is actually stronger at the end because now this additional trust has been built. The social capital has, has increased among the entire team. Everybody trusts one another. When you have that on a team, And somebody comes to you and says, you know, I have somebody sick in my house here and I and I still I'm I'm dedicated to the team and I need to do what I need to do. There'll be five other people ready to support that person Mm -hmm. because the team is the whole is what's important, right? Everybody's going to sacrifice what needs to be sacrificed in order to make sure the entire team makes it through the other side. And when you get to the other side, that team will be stronger than ever.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, studies show when people look back on their career and some of the best parts of their career, it's that time that the group had to pull together. Yeah. They got through something kind of impossible. Burnout happens when it never stops. But when they do pull together, um, that that happens. And, and I was listening to the news this morning, um, and they were, uh, it was a, an emergency uh, uh, room doctor. And they said, you know, what can we do? And certainly they need the supplies. But he said, you know, just say thank you just the thanks. And that, and that hits that endorphin thing too. So I think as a leader starting and ending some of these calls with, thank you, this is an uncertain time. I know you guys are scared. I'm scared. You know, we don't know, but thank you for um, sharing, you know, maybe some of the things that were shared in that. Thank you for supporting each other, but thank you. I think you need to make sure you're doing that for your team too.
0: Yeah. And that's soup. That is, that is critical. That appreciation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that gratitude for the team co- going both ways, mm-hmm. that, that that gratitude is shared among the team. Um, like you said, the endorphins go off. You want to work harder. You're more dedicated to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and some some people, it's hard for them to do that, uh, to to share the appreciation and the gratitude. And some of it comes off as, you know, false. You say mm-hmm. just to say it. You can't just say it to say it. You have to mean it. And you have to say it with all sincerity for it to work. Um, But it's critical that you say it, especially now. People need to feel appreciated. They need to feel valued. They need to feel that they're worth something, that they are part of a team, that they are part of this purpose, this mission that they have, whatever. And that's important too, is make sure your team knows its mission. Make sure your team knows its purpose, that there's something out there that you're working toward together. That you're going to achieve and when you achieve it you celebrate that you've achieved it that purpose is is everything you know that's yes. the book bu- the book you know know your why or you know simon sinek's book about about um your why i forget the name of the actual book but um, everybody knows the book um but the per- it's all about purpose yes right and and so so is there is there any uh way that that we should be clearly identifying that should we how do we do that how do we clearly communicate what, what our purpose is for you know and do yeah. we do we do that in, in increments or is that just one big goal at the end
1: yeah it'd be interesting to 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 kind of say look, I think we all would be helpful if we all sort of think of our, our purpose here at this time you know this is a, a time we're all thrown into but as architects what is our purpose here what is this meant to do for to do for us? both individually, because it may be we need to slow down a little bit. We need to have, make sure we're having time for our families because the, the culture we've created creates something and rewards something different. You know what, what do we need to be thinking through this? I think that introspective piece and coming out with some of the introspective inspection that each person has had is, is helpful. And then I think the other part is to have some fun through some of this. You know, is there a, um, you know, uh, who's got the best background for their computer screen? You know, with the computer when they're on. I was on a call the other day and the bathroom door was open behind the person with this. <laughs> I, I imagine this stinky old towel kind of haphazardly. That's all I could look at. But as designers, could we do something fun with that background? Um, so how can we kind of have some levity in this too? Um, And not to undermine the other, you know, not to say things that we're not scared, but what are some things that we can do? But I think this, what can we learn from this? Because there's some rich information and I don't think what we're going through is, I think, I don't, it's not going away, not even, even just for this virus, but for other stuff. We're so connected. What does this mean for us? When we look at the reduction in pollution levels out in the world right now, what can we do about this? So I think part of it is making sure there's some time set aside. I think the other part I was thinking was, you know, if you have someone with kids, first of all, it's sort of asking what would be helpful, but if they, if they work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, you know, if they could crash their stuff into two days and organize this with, if, if they have someone else there, but, you know, I think part of it is looking at that. And then what does that look like going forward for, for folks who have kids um so what are what can we learn from that and that will bring people together too i mean there is a mission here for architects Uh, there's a mission here for a consultant there's a mission here for each one of us that have a role in this and and what is it
0: yeah yeah and it's very interesting because a lot of it goes back to our other conversation about designing your business um, with about vision and mission you need to make sure that that's all set you know, I've been talking about that for a long time. So you, many of you should already know your vision and know your mission and have those written down and posted on the wall behind your computer that you're looking at every day. They really probably haven't changed. Your mission and your vision are, are the same, right? And so check in on those things. Make sure that, that you're focused on those, that vision and mission because that's, that may be the thing that gets you through, that the team understands what the vision is. The team understands what the mission is. And if it needs to be adjusted, then adjust it and communicate that clearly to your team that this is our mission. Here's where we're going. Here's why we're going there. And this is your role in it. And this is your responsibility in it. And then, and we'll get there. We'll get there. And, and it will be different when we come out to the other side. But I believe that, that the things that we're working through, the things that we're going to uh, struggle with now. These new systems, these new protocols, these new ways of working, are going to make us so much stronger, so much more efficient, so much more effective as a team when we get to the other side of this. And so, um, Jane, this has been a super interesting conversation. Um, I definitely want to have you come back and continue this conversation. Um, And so, we'll have you back for for um, an additional piece to this later on. Um, But I think there's so much value here for architects um, and and leaders and, and, and the teams. Uh, and so uh, I appreciate you for coming here and talking with me, especially during this time. I think it's so valuable. Before we wrap up, I wanna ask you the one question that I ask everybody, and maybe I need to change this question for, for, uh, for the time being, but I still wanna ask you this, what is the one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? I think it's still a relevant question. I do too. Um, so, so what's, your, what's your thought?
1: Well, and, and it leads into what we're going to talk about next week. And I am the least structured, I'm a thinker, an idea person and all, but structure and really being thoughtful on how you're organizing and running your business um, is the best thing you can do for your people and for you. So I intentionally work with creatives because I just can't get enough of you guys. And I grew (laughs) up in a very creative uh, environment. And so, but what I know is we have to get grounded through getting organized and being thoughtful. And otherwise we are up in this, in our mind, uh, flitting and flatting around. And and that's where our, our mind wants to go. But what we'll talk about next week is some things to really get organized and be thoughtful for your team that then creates this, this opportunity to unleash the collective, uh, the power that you have in your collective.
0: Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Um, My friend's name is Jane Walton. You can look her up. JaneWaltonConsulting.com. You can go there, check out everything that Jane's doing. You could send her a message through JaneWaltonConsulting.com. Send me a
1: message, please. I love a message.
0: And say, Hey, thank you for that conversation it's, it meant a lot to us uh, remember feeling appreciated pops off those endorphins we want some of those endorphins so so go over to janewaltonconsultant.com say thank you uh, jane's going to come back we're going to continue this conversation jane this has been a super interesting i always I could spend forever talking to you.
1: I know, I was thinking the same thing. It's a love fest, Mark. We need I, to we need to change the world.
0: I yeah. Well, I think we're all we're all doing our part. You yeah. know, I think that we're all, you know, every time that you and I talk and every time that you talk with somebody else, we we come up with these new ideas and we inspire and, and hopefully motivate. Um, so I, I really enjoy having these conversations. Thank, Thank you, you very much for joining me here today at Entree Architect podcast.
1: Thanks. See you next week.
0: So you've been listening to episode 319, the link to the show notes and the link to share with a friend. Please do share this episode with a friend. This is an important one. entrearchitect.com slash episode 319. Please type that out, email it to a friend right now. entrearchitect.com slash episode 319. And remember, focus on what you can control, be well. We'll be back with part two next week. Be healthy, be happy, be safe, secure. Thanks for listening today. Now more than ever, love, learn, and share what you know. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be.
1: Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. And so uh, for me, the the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say, like, that would be 60% of it, if not more.
0: Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.